0: Hello, this is For Art's Sake, the podcast for museum people. We're back once again to hear their stories for art's sake and for your sake. I'm Alina.
1: And I'm James.
0: And this week we're joined by Anna Petrova of the Odessa Fine Arts Museum in Ukraine.
1: Despite being so young in her museum career, Anna has already made her mark on the arts and culture sector. As a researcher and head of excursions at Odessa Fine Arts Museum, Anna represents Ukraine's young generation of creative and innovative museum professionals who are a far cry from your typical image of a museum worker. We're really excited to talk to Anna about her career so far, her hopes for the future of the sector, and her advice for aspiring arts and culture professionals. Anna, welcome.
2: Thank you very much for the invitation.
0: A very warm welcome. So Anna, for any of our listeners who aren't familiar with the Odessa Fine Arts Museum and the city of Odessa, can you tell us uh, a little bit about the museum and the city's heritage?
2: Yeah, sure. So, Odessa is really a pearl of Ukraine. We are located on the Black Sea. And our museum is a pearl of a pearl. So, yeah, it's like a highlight and main spot of our city. Odessa Fine Arts Museum became a national in October of last year. And what for? Actually, we are one of the most modern and the most progressive museum of Ukraine because of we make a lot of to keep not just paintings and sculptures, to keep people connected with each other. So we want to be not just a museum, which we... uh, a uh, visit th- two or three times pro-life, uh, for, for example. Uh, we want to be a social hub, a place where people who are interested in the culture, not just in the art, can meet, spend time and have fun. Because our idea is that art is fine. Art is fun. And so something like that. Odessa Fun Arts Museum. Here we are. <laughs>
1: I love that. Odessa Fine Arts Museum. That sounds that sounds really cool. What are some of the sort of important pieces of the collection? What are the real highlights? Uh,
2: actually, maybe if you know some kind of uh, Eastern Europe arts, here we are. So, for example, I, Ivan Iwasovski, maybe one of the most. Uh, famous Marina painters like uh, William Turner, so on the same level. Uh, a lot of Ukrainian artists, uh, a lot of traditional art. Uh, for example, maybe if you heard uh, about Maria Primachenko, that was Ukrainian artist who were... Uh, she inspired even Picasso, so he was fun fan of Maria Primachenko, And we have Maria Primachenko in our collection. and. In view that several weeks ago, Maria Spiridchenko Museum was destroyed by Russian army, so it's a good highlight for us to invite her into the world's art here because she worth it. Uh, who else? A lot of uh, we have Shishkin, we have a lot of Soviet painters. So actually, any name you're interested in, inventing Ukrainian and partly Russian arts, you can find
0: in our museum.
1: Amazing. That sounds really cool. That's a really good summary of a collection. <laughs> yeah. That's immediately, I'm like, great, I'm going to go.
0: Thank you so much for this kind of introduction. Now we can see Dessa Fine Arts Museum isn't just a gallery that displays art. It's uh, much more than this. and it's, But it also tells quite an important story of Ukraine's position in the world. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit how the museum used its collection to mm-hmm. highlight Ukraine's connection to Europe and the rest of the world?
2: Our museum has a really long and hard story because of it was grounded in time of uh, Russian Empire. It has a, it backs a history also during the Soviet Union, and right now it represents independent Ukraine. So of course it's really hard because uh, we have pictures uh, that represent Catherine the Great. Who was actually one of the more the of Ukrainian nation, and also we have a portrait of uh, Joseph Stalin. So you know, it's, sometimes it's hard to talk about it on excursions. But how we work with it? Our museum represent art from sixteenth century to the modern art, and last year we opened up uh, the last curator pro- project of Alexander Robot, and I need to make a short introduction. Who is Alexander Robot? Maybe some, kind, some of our listeners well-known with his art, but uh, he is one of the most famous Ukrainian artists, modern artists. Uh, he's called the father of postmodern, and he was also our director and my close friend. And he made first project in Ukraine, in the history of Ukraine, that tried to represent last century of Ukrainian art. So, step by step, all the things that we went through, so uh, from uh, 1920s and to 2020s. So something like that. And it's first systematically represented Ukrainian art uh, through all the views of Soviet art, uh, through all the taboos, all the and how we work with it. You know uh, just to being disconnected with our roots, with our past leads to the same mistakes that we made in past. So uh, we want to uh, have these mistakes uh, in our hands, not in our backs. And the representation, for example, of uh, Catherine the Great, uh, who actually uh, turned into slavery uh, parts of Ukrainian citizens, actually makes us remembering through what things our nation, uh, nation went through and actually representing of Joseph Stalin, it makes us remember that, okay, dictators are bad things. <laughs> and actually, currently, it's a good thing to remember.
1: Yeah, I think there are definitely some really important lessons to learn there from that juxtaposition of, you know, these figures in history that we often look at them as sort of one-dimensional characters, and obviously having that um, little bit of context and being able to to, to learn some more relevant lessons for the modern day, I think is a really important thing for a museum like Odessa Fine Arts to, to pass on to its visitors and, and probably its staff as well. You mentioned that Odessa is this this pearl of Ukraine and therefore the museum is the pearl of the pearl. How does Odessa as a cultural centre differ from places like, uh, like Lviv in Kyiv? How does the Odessa Fine Arts Museum work with other museums across across Ukraine?
2: Uh-huh. Uh huh. Just, just to start, I need to uh, go into history of our city shortly. Yeah, Actually, sure. I promise shortly. <laughs> so, what is Odessa? Odessa was a second city, as I can say, in Russian Empire. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, for example, first university was opened in Saint Petersburg, and second one in Odessa. First school, like gymnasium, was open in Saint Petersburg and second one in Odessa. First train station was set in Saint Petersburg and guess where was the second? Kos in Odessa. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> so it was very international city and the city was uh, t- uh, very hard connected with Europe. For example, maybe all of our Odessa artists, all of our Odessa citizens, they had European education. Uh, They spoke uh, three or four European languages, so it was hardly international. Uh, Not hardly, but it was very international and it was like main center of inventing uh, some kind of ideas. So maybe as any city that has so a lot of roots into different countries, in different cultures. It represents a lot of same time. So based on that, in Odessa was a lot of interest in creating cultural specter, and of course, Odessa citizens, they were hardly interested in supporting their cultural level. So that's why in 1865, Odessa citizens, Odessa patrons, they came together just to make some kind of an association or organization that behaved themselves just to, they made everything to increase cultural level. So actually they grounded our museum uh, as a point of finding finding people that uh, understand you to making a bank of arts, making a bank of uh, cultural Background of our country, and uh, what is the difference between, for example, Odessa, Kyiv, and Lviv, as you mentioned? Kyiv was the capital. So, uh, uh, Kiev was the capital of Ukraine during the Soviet Union, and actually for today. So, there were a, a lot of money come there. So, a lot of people want to support Kyiv museums. Everything that Ukraine becomes uh, go-to Kiev Street. and Odessa is a little bit different story because everything that is done in Odessa is done by people themselves. So, everything is done uh, by patrons, everything is done by citizens. So, this museum is a result of just a citizen willing of having something like our museums, of having some kind of this place. So it's not like governmental projects, it's uh, really a will of soul just to make it.
1: (laughs) I love that. That's really beautiful. That idea that the museum is almost this organic living thing that's coming out of the, the will of the people to preserve the culture. That's lovely. If we can talk about Odessa Fine Arts, um, you mentioned uh, Alexander Roybert earlier, and he was the the director of the museum for about three years. How did the museum change during his time as the director?
2: First of all, everyone who is interested in visualization of this difference can Google photos, a difference between uh, Odessa Fine Arts Museum three years ago and right now. When Robert became a director, we had no ceiling. So in museums, the ceiling, every time the rain came, so all the rain came not on the museum, but in the museum. Can you imagine that uh, in the halls, right uh, right in front of pictures, uh, there were just water, yeah. So the water was uh, just drowning, it was terrible, and actually museum was in a terrible condition, we had no money. And uh, if you can imagine something dead and empty, that was museum. No one uh, went there and there was, there was actually no life. Uh, in Ukraine, there is some kind of experience that museums are boring because uh, when you come to a museum you cannot, you shall not do anything. You cannot touch uh, something, you cannot uh, take photos, you cannot speak because you need to be quiet. And all the museum looks like a dead body, like a dead body that lies somewhere in a quiet and cold place. So that, that was our museum. And actually for me here yeah, I know that a lot of museums face that problem. Boring museum is dead museum because uh, when nobody comes it's just a building. It's like a difference between a house and a home. So same thing. It was a house and Robert made it museum. Actually uh, in which way he found the people who can support us. So he grounded a fundraising patron organization that was named after the main Odessa Fine Arts Museum patron. Marazli. Uh, he was one of the rulers of our city a lot of years ago, and actually he gave money to buy this building uh, to create their museum. So our patron organization, our club, uh, called Mersey Club, and people who want to support uh, arts they can join it, and paying some kind of, uh, some amount of money every year they can support new staff to come in, uh, new researchers to join the museum, and actually all this. Crazy situation that was uh, with our building, with our collection. They also supported to change it, so they bought uh, they bought new frames. Uh, they supported us into making a renovation of the building. The funniest parts that our government blamed Robert into that thing uh, in the that that he made a renovation of some halls, and uh, because of it, he was uh, denied from being a director. Yeah, it was really funny. We had a lot of problems with that. And uh, one year of all the story, he worked as a director, not being a director, because the judge declined the decision of his appointment. So crazy, crazy story. Yeah. And hold the story of uh, renovation and recreation of our museum based on being not thankful to all the city governments, and uh, it was just a fight against them. Right now everything changed, because right now actually Ukraine changed. Yeah, and what else changed? Uh, The attitude of people. You know, when I was in our museum six years ago, I saw just uh, grandmothers with their grandchildren, and actually some kind of old lady said that, okay, my little boy, this is a good painter. Grandma, why is he a good painter? I don't know. <laughs> children uh, didn't know what to say, they, it, they were bored, and people actually bored. And now, uh, I'm one of the head of the children's department museum, and children go there and bring their grandparents with. So everything changed so as it could be.
1: That's amazing. I mean the, I think the change in attitude of people is always gonna be always gonna be the biggest thing, isn't it? It's not just the changes you make to the museum, it's how people perceive it. And I think that that point you bring up about the the idea that grandma knows it's meant you know, that painter's meant to be a good painter, but we never really question why. We're never really looking for for deeper meanings. You mentioned a little bit there about your role within sort of the children's department of the museum. We're gonna get into a little bit more of your work specifically now. So you've got a pretty serious sounding job title. You're the the head of excursions uh, and you're also a researcher. What does your job entail? What do you do on sort of a day-to-day basis? Uh,
2: You know, the funniest part uh, of my title, of my position in the museum uh, is when I say, uh, my name is Anna Petrova, I'm the head of a department and I'm 22 and actually before i say that i'm 22 everything seems serious and everyone behaves serious when the camera turns off i can sound like uh, i don't know uh, someone clever but after i say that i'm 22 everyone just disconnect and say okay we don't uh, we don't want to have something with this little girl and actually how it happens <laughs> i work in a museum for 2 years already so i am really early birds yeah and uh, what am I doing in the museum? We are not a huge museum as, uh, for example, now in Germany I can see. So now I go uh, to a lot of museums and every time I come, I'm actually amazed. And uh, Everyone asks me, okay, so what do you do in the museum? And I always say everything, everything. Everyone in our museum used to make, made to make everything. Yeah, we are forced to because we are, uh, have not a lot of people. And what the problem because of uh, Ukrainian art salaries? For example, uh, my salary is uh, two hundred dollars per month. Yeah, it's not not so much for living. So uh, everyone who works in museum, it's crazy crazy people actually, because they work there for idea, not for salary or not for some high points. And I'm the part of such thing. So what shall we do? I am a researcher. I, I'm researching our collection because, you know, Ukrainian art is not so uh, deeply researched as, for example, European Barocco or Renaissance, yeah. there are lack of information, there are lack of archives because after the Second World War, a lot of archive information was simply destroyed. For example, history of our museum begins in 1945 because all the documents before that were partly destroyed. And now our task to recreate all the story, uh, to know more about masterpieces that uh, we are responsible for. Uh, what else? My responsibility is also uh, to make these researches not so boring as they could be. So, every information that I get uh, shall be transported to a people because What is the reason of our work? The reason of our work just to make the society we are working for know more about masterpieces they are responsible for. For example, all the pieces of our collection, they belong to Ukrainians, to every Ukrainian. And I say my work uh, to making every Ukrainian closer to think they they have, actually, because it's their collection, first of all. So my work to take this information, to find this information, take it and recreate it into something that everyone would like to listen. Not everyone, but I will make everyone listen it. Yeah. So this is my work. <laughs> yeah. So that's why my high point is fun art, because as my mission, I can see that my mission is uh, to make everyone fall in love with art, because I know that sometimes, actually and even modern art, uh, that seems some kind of weird, some kind of uh, hard to understand. And a lot of people are scared of it because they think that they will feel themselves stupid, uh, they will understand nothing and go home with bad emotions uh, thinking that, okay, that was a great artist because when I was a kid, my grandma told me that it was a great artist. That's why I took selfie in front of this picture and posted it on Instagram.
1: I feel quite guilty now. I've, I've done that a fair bit.
2: So come and don't make selfies in front of our pictures. And I'm going to ma- make a beautiful photos of you instead of selfies. I can make it. I can organize it.
0: <laughs> that would be an absolute dream, Anna. And I absolutely love your idea how you try to make it fun for different audiences. What I really wanted to ask you, and um, because you're also so young, you know, can you just tell us um, a little bit, about your background, how you got into this role? What what is it that you studied before?
2: Uh, I studied culture in Odessa Meshnikov University. So, but I actually a very early bird. I came into museum just uh, in search of volunteer practice. Because I knew that uh, without practice background, uh, nobody will be interested in me, and I will never get a job. So that's why I came as a volunteer to Odessa Fine Arts Museum just to help, to I don't know, bring chairs uh, or doing something else, just to be into this uh, team, just to be closer to the museum, and maybe it was my dream that one day I can uh, be a part of this team and I can uh, be a one who work there. And actually, I, I had a volunteer practice, but it was just three hours. Yeah, after three hours of my volunteering, uh, I had a long conversation with one of my current colleagues. We discussed about art, we talked about uh, some kind of painters that exposed in our Museum. And actually, what was the point? I was clever, so... <laughs> Uh, he liked it, yeah, and he decided to t- uh, talk, tell about me uh, to Alexander Robot, our director, just him to decide if he interested in me. So, and after that, I was told that okay, I can have some, hamster uh, time just to walk around the museum to listen for excursions uh, for free because I'm a volunteer. And after fifteen minutes of my of me walking around the museum, I was asked to go to the uh, administration part. To have a conversation with the director, my first thought was, "What have I done wrong? I touched nothing, I broke nothing. What is wrong?" And when I came in, I saw robots. And actually, I was a heart fan of his arts. And my biggest, one of my biggest dreams was just once in my life say hello to this great, uh, great person. And I uh, came in, and that great person was lying on the sofa, barefoot and he had really not very pleasant face yeah and he was looking at me as uh, with a question okay girl what are you doing here I was waiting here for a person just to have a conversation with who are you and I said hi my name is Anya I am 19 years old how are you <laughs> and after maybe 20 minutes of conversation he asked me a lot of questions I found myself like a really absolutely dumb one. But after twenty minutes, uh, he asked me how much time do I have per month, and I said that all the time of the world can be uh, gave to that our museum. And after that, he asked me, "Can I write something?" So actually, can I write? And I said, "Of course, I can write." And he said, "Okay, so here are your paper, here you are. Take please a pen and please write that from that day from." you're going to be a part of our museum. So that's how, uh, after three, uh, three hours of volunteering, I became a part of of, of museum. First, uh, I was just excursion member, so...
0: Anna, this is the most wonderful story I ever heard about anyone starting their career at a museum. I can say with certainty. And what a fun story it is. I can always imagine how much fun it can be to listen to you when you talk about paintings and w- when you engage children. <laughs> So, you just mentioned uh, the team uh, at the museum. So, what does your team look like? And uh, is it a lot of people around your age or lots of older people? Uh,
2: okay, so, uh, when I came to museum, as I mentioned, uh, I was 19 years old. And when I first yeah, entered as a part of team. And actually, I was the youngest team member for the last 25 years. Last time someone who was 19 years entered that museum, it was our main collection keeper, now she is 80, and actually uh, she was also 19 when she entered uh, the team, the uh, museum, and now she worked there for 60 years. So when she heard that somebody so young came, she said that, okay, maybe he's gonna be next, who worked here for uh, already 60 years. Okay, Uh, and my team was all upper, for example, 35, somewhere like that. But then something changed. Actually, right now, after these three years of uh, uh, cadence of robots, maybe half of our team is tw- from 25 to 30. Actually, why so? Because we need fresh blood and actually uh, finding people who are young and who are modern. Yeah, fresh bro- flesh blood is uh, the most uh, important thing right now because You know, being uh, an interconnection with people when you are 60 and you cannot use your computer is hard. And being a part uh, of society, uh, which we want to be connected in, when, for example, you are 25 and you know how to download, for example, Instagram and post something there, it's much easier. And uh, actually, as I mentioned, uh, the problem is our salaries. So just people who are not interested uh, in uh, being head of a family uh, can be so crazy to work in a museum, yeah. <laughs> so now museum is occupied with teenagers, I can say like that, and these teenagers may create the things because uh, we may create the things uh, into uh, being online, into di- uh, digitalization, into being open with people. So for example, uh, right now our Instagram is one of the most sociable parts of uh, Odessa Instagram at all, so and even during war, uh, when people are scared and when people need to have some kind of support, they text not politic, not to politics. They text us. And actually, uh, our museum became a lot of messages uh, during uh, last month about just simply, Hey, Odessa Fine Arts Museum, how are you? Can you tell something interesting about pictures? And we say, yes, of course. And we organized uh, streams, we organized uh, story making uh, about history of museums. So, yeah, half of our team is young, but actually these are the best people I've ever met. These people are so... Proud of being part of this team, and they actually work there because their heart needed. And the best part in that, uh, best part in meeting these best people here, yeah, <laughs> that elderly part of our team. Actually, first I was scared of them because I thought that they will, uh, they will just don't understand uh, what am I doing there. But how they support us—it's first time I see that elderly people who need to be, I don't know, or some kind of uh, disturbed with so young people entering their, uh, their church, I can say, because museum for them, I think it's a temple. Someone so young uh, uh, entering their temple, but they organize such a supportive atmosphere so they can transfer their knowledge. They are always happy to tell me everything that they know and a little bit more. So right now both of our parts elderly and younger work as a one uh, as a one body Of course robot was the heart of that body and actually uh, the beat of that body make it not to be dead as I told uh, as I told before that our museum was a dead body and robot was the heart that started beat it, uh, beating uh, and we are in other parts actually I'm not sure which part of that body am I) <laughs> Yeah, well, maybe uh, it depends on the situation. <laughs> but now everything works like one thing. And of course, the elderly part of our uh, team, they are maybe brains. They are memory. They transfer that knowledge. And we are hands and bones, uh, hands and, and foods because we are running, we are taking, we are creating. Uh, using that knowledge uh, and using that memory, that experience, uh, we recreate it into something that make us go further and further and further.
1: I love, I love that sort of visual image there of, of this museum that's kind of come to life and is it's a body walking around with all these older people working yeah. as the brains and that's beautiful. It's uh, really, zombie really cool. stories, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A little bit, but you know, like cool arty zombies, so it's fine. So you mentioned earlier about museums becoming this kind of social cultural hub rather than just just a museum where we can go and look at paintings. Um, I'm I'm guessing having those younger people in the museum is really helping that. Are are you noticing a change in the audience and the attitudes of the audience as a result of having this younger team?
2: Yeah, uh, first of all, our audience support us really hard. Their support is incredible. And every time they come, so uh, what what I mentioned that every year and every month, Younger and younger and younger people come by themselves. So if, for example, two years ago, I can say just about last two years term, because I'm just two years in this museum. Two years ago, I, I saw that average age of our visitors is 20, 25, 30, 35 and elder. And right now, I can say that teenagers come for their first dates, not into the cinema, but in the museum. And actually I cannot imagine because when I was for example 13 and I had my first dates, uh, of course nobody had an idea that first date in their life can be can be in, in the museum. so because for, for us museum was a place where we were taken by our teachers with a strict eyes and actually so we were forced to go there and actually and I can see when these teenagers, they're 13 years old, they're uh, holding their hands and they're sitting somewhere in our hall and trying to know how to kiss each other. Actually, maybe reading that in Wikipedia, how they need to kiss. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and actually, uh, that touches my heart very much. Uh, but this gap about which I told before that people don't want to come to a museum because they're afraid of feeling themselves stupid. So this gap uh, goes lower and lower and lower because they can see that working in a museum uh, can be interesting. For example, when my friends talk with me, their first question is, okay, why are you working in, in, in the museum? And they went and started uh, to talk about it. When I started to express uh, all the things that I make there and all the people I, I met there, they said, okay, we got it. Okay, we're defi- we definitely should come there because it sounds like, uh, I don't know, a Disneyland, but with pictures. I said, yeah, it's better than Disneyland because uh, you won't be sick after that. <laughs>
0: and your enthusiasm and passion you talk about museums is absolutely contagious
1: yeah it's amazing the i think contagious is the absolute the word for it the 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 way you speak about about museums is really really promising and really really lovely i think we are starting in the uk at least to see a little bit of a younger contingent attending museums i think it depends very much on the museum some museums are still very old very stuck in their ways you know you go to sort of the british museum the natural history museum not to throw <laughs> anyone under the bus but i think they yeah. tend to attract a slightly older crowd and then you know the cool museums like the World collection and and the design yeah. museum have a little bit of a of a younger younger audience but it's it's amazing to hear you you speak about it in those terms that's that's great
2: yeah sorry about it's all about uh, british museum uh, british mu- uh, museum being boring and what actually, uh, when I was 11 years old and I first uh, went into the British Museum, I was so, so shocked that I spent there seven hours <laughs> Wow yeah so I don't think that any of museum can be boring. I think that just uh, the boring thing can be people around you and if people yeah. around you are fine <laughs> that's true. So that is true. I don't believe that history that arts can even bore someone or somebody or something actually.
0: So, Anna, uh, thank you so much for sharing all of these stories with us. One important thing that we wanted to bring up is uh, the current situation in Ukraine. And while we're talking about your career and the Odessa Fine Arts Museum, it's important to mention that you are currently speaking to us from Berlin rather than Odessa. And this is due to the ongoing situation in Ukraine. And are you okay uh, with sharing the story of your journey with us?
2: And now we come to the not-so-funny part. Yeah, I'm currently in Berlin because uh, I came here with my little brother and my mother. I was forced to take, to bring them here because I don't want my little brother to wake up three or four times during nights because of alarms and actually because here is safe, yeah. What is the current situation in Ukraine? Uh, The best way to represent it just to show you the bare, bare walls in our museum, in all the museums of Ukraine. So all the collections are hidden if it was possible to hide it. So they are hidden. And actually, I was one of the people who came on the twenty first, uh, 24th February to evacuate the collection. At 5 o'clock, we woke up because of bombing our city. And actually, you know, I never thought when I read about second world war, when I read about first world war, I never thought that living right now and knowing about these stories from books, from elderly people, can ever happen in my life. And at five o'clock we woke up uh, from the bombing sounds and at six o'clock we already were in the museum and actually that time I felt myself incredibly stupid because uh, I and my boyfriends, uh, me and my boyfriends, and our cat, because uh, we live on the uh, 18th floor, and we couldn't leave our cat because we didn't know how hard bombings uh, bombings would be. Uh, so we took our cat, we took uh, one backpack uh, where a little bit of our documents and money were, and we ran to the museum because it was. I felt that it was my responsibility. And right now, turning back, I understand that I'm not sure it was a right solution, but it was the only solution I had. So, not running from, but running to, uh, because if we didn't make it, who would? Because Odessa Arts Museum is a baby of people. It's a baby of Odessa citizens. It's actually a work of art, not just painting or sculptural art, it's work of human art. How much people gave into that, how much people care about it. And I did the same thing that people all these years made for that museum. I gave myself to it. (laughs) Yeah, and we came there, there was a house because nobody knew what to do, nobody knew uh, how shall we organize evacuation and or shall we or shouldn't, uh, would it be safe? Yeah, and during all that day we were bringing pictures from one side to another side and the scariest and weirdest part was to cutting these wires on which pictures were hanging and when I cut them down was Current scissors with the normal scissors. I saw that all the wall was another color. It was different color from yeah. uh, place behind the picture because these pictures last time they were taken off in the Second World War. Wow! And at that moment, I understood that right now I'm doing same thing as people eight years ago, and that was the oh. scariest. <laughs>
0: This is heartbreaking, Anna. Yeah,
2: but another point. Uh, I I cannot uh, talk talk a uh, long time into this de- uh, depressive voice. Uh, so the best part was actually, my speech was about team, about people. And even in that second, our team was wonderful. And I'm sure that some of them will listen to us after the recording. So I want to thank you, everybody who was there. And I want to say to all the people who didn't know uh, who these people are, guys, workers of Odessa Foreign Arts Museum are best people in the world. Just know it. If you ever meet someone who say that he works in Odessa Foreign Art Museum, kiss his arm because that <laughs> arm that arms made a wonderful thing. They saved the collection, almost. And there came not just uh, our workers, there were uh, parents of our workers, there were husbands and wives who also came into the museum. They, they wasn't forced to make it. All of my friends were uh, into shelters that second. So while we were in the museum, all of my friends they were somewhere in the underground, hiding and waiting for uh, this bombing to stop. And we are not, and everyone was there. So. A
0: real, yeah, a real exhibit of bravery.
2: <laughs> and I understand that uh, that situation happens in all the museums of Ukraine. Actually, this, I, I love our nation so much that I couldn't imagine that, uh, that I can love something so hard. These people who can be brave who can be uh, who can forget about themselves just to make something bigger. And something bigger was done. Yeah. What else funny? So and now <laughs> uh, I have a lot of funny photos made from the day. It was really a scary moments, but well, there was a lot of humor, of course, because, you know, uh, living in Odessa without humor cannot be imagined. Odessa is a, uh, is a capital of humor in Ukraine, we say like that.
1: Yeah, I've heard.
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, and there's one of the, uh, one of the most famous uh, pictures of Valentin Serov, also a Russian sculptor and Russian artist painter. And that was a painting. And actually, in our museum, we have same sculpture. It's also made by uh, Valentin Surov. Uh, it was very, very famous. And all these two years, and the years before I started walking working there, uh, it was one of my favorite works. And that day, somewhere at 11 o'clock on 24th February, I actually finally made a photo when I'm stealing the sculpture that called "Stealing of Europe," so it was stealing of stealing the Europe. I was actually very very happy about it. So now I have maybe the best photo in all the collection. And actually, <laughs> uh, and thinking that uh, somewhere in one hundred years, uh, someone uh, of I don't know my great grandchildren will research all this his, all the story and my a little bit crazy face uh, somewhere. Uh, into the scientific article about scientific workers who uh, saved the collection that time and this photo of stealing of stealing yeah <laughs>
1: that's that's amazing you're, you're creating your own little bits of art history as you go you're contributing to that sort of art history canon going forward that's that's incredible so you mentioned the, the, the community response and all the people from odessa you know, joining in with the museum staff to, to preserve the to preserve and protect the the art, has has there been any help from other organisations or help from the government?
2: Of course, there was. So Great. the story that citation situation that I described before that uh, our museum had hard uh, problems with our government, they were so not with our governments at all, but with our local governments from our region, there was. But everything changed and now we have a lot of support. And actually we became national status and we became a lot of support. And our museum also have money, so that's that's the main point. Because we earn a lot of and maybe we are one of not so big quantity of museums who earn by themselves. Because art is actually very uh, dictational uh, field, so uh, f- maybe all the museums they live because of uh, financial support from governments and people. We also partly, but also earn by ourselves. That's why we could buy a lot of stuff that we needed to pack everything, to hide everything. And of course governments uh, helped us into coordination of all this process, of course we couldn't decide by ourselves what shall we do. And decides to evacuate or not to evacuate to hide. No, actually. So all the coordination was from the government. Of course, I cannot tell and I cannot say uh, where all the pictures are. I know, but I won't. It's my tiny secret.
0: Won't trouble you about this one. Um, I and we understand fully understand that this is a secret that you need to preserve. Another question that we wanted to ask uh, since you are currently in Germany. So we know that Germany currently has some great opportunities for Ukrainian cultural professionals like yourself. Mm -hmm. Uh, And please correct me if I'm wrong, but you are currently involved in a project uh, with some German museums. Is this correct? Uh,
2: Yeah. So I'm currently in Germany. And uh, actually, I came to this interview from another interview. And today I was actually hired into German museum where I can work for a little time just to uh, become more knowledge and actually... Uh,
1: congratulations!
0: Con- Thank you! Congratulations, yes!
2: <laughs> so now I'm the, young, uh, the youngest worker of two museums, not just one.
0: Oh,
2: look at that! <laughs> yeah, and actually uh, here we'll spend... Actually, I'm not sure how much time uh, will, will I be forced to stay here. But German museums want to support me as hard as they can to give to Ukrainian uh, researchers as much help as they can. And uh, because of them, uh, because of it, here is a, lo- a lot of projects and a lot of uh, cultural funds that organize grant programs, which are targeted to help Ukrainian artists, Ukrainian researchers, scientific workers uh, to find a place to work here to earn some for a living, because we actually don't want to bother European people with our uh, social Support. So, of course, we know that everyone who currently of Ukrainians are in Europe, that we it's not so easy for European people to pay for our being here. So, that's why every one of us wants to work, want to uh, <laughs> to help somehow this country while we are here, because this country welcomes us so, so well. And uh, to gave some kind of knowledge. For example, one of my uh, current colleagues, uh, she is a researcher and she make professional. Uh, she researched the backgrounds, the provenances of works. Yeah, and one of her targets was to uh, develop uh, to research uh, the history about uh, history of paintings that were lost after Second World War. And she actually a lot of times succeeded in that. So right now I'm hardly dreaming. Uh, I'm actually very hard dreaming about uh, taking that knowledge from her. Because I think that this experience will be very helpful when I come home. Experience into finding missing works of art. Because, you know, never evacuation events uh, without losing something. Uh, Every time, even the best organized evacuation, even the evacuation that was very slow and very gentle, every time something is lost. And our evacuation wasn't gentle, uh, <laughs> wasn't slow and wasn't gentle, yeah. So, yeah, right now a lot of people are here, I support them into the nation. I came one of the first to Germany and now I'm into the program. I translate everything for them, because I speak, as you hear, a little bit English, and also no German. (laughs) So, I help them to translate all their documents and uh, to connect them with uh, another museum workers, to help them to find place here, to organize grant programs. So, people helping people, and that is the best illustration.
1: It sounds like you're you're continuing to do amazing things in the museum sector wherever you go. So that's I, I think to be it sounds like the museum sector is very lucky to have you. As much as you're excited about museums, museums should be excited about Anna Petrova. We've got one last question um, that we ask everyone uh, here on For Art's Sake. If you know by the, the grace of God, by some magical divine intervention, you had unlimited money and resources, what kind of museum would you make? Yeah, it's a weird question.
2: Okay. Maybe I have a weird idea. Maybe it would be Museum of Museums because...
1: Oh, I like that. I I
2: love it. You know, uh, there is no opportunity, even if I spent all my life uh, just in traveling, 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 I would never visit all the museums there are in the world, because uh, sometimes the museum can be just a room of some kind of old lady that she collected uh, for whole her life. It can also be a museum. And maybe a museum of museums can represent the diversity of different styles of representation of personal history, diversity of people who created these places. And maybe it can be interesting to get just to collect in one place all these beautiful places that make same thing in different parts of our world i think museums are lighters that light up souls of people and that they are this power who can make people feel the life because when you come there you slow down and you feel how how much beauty people create and how wonderful how unique and how outstanding is the history of hu- of humanity? And maybe yeah, museum of museums because museums, from uh, in my point of view, are the results of our difference uh, from animals. It's a creation instead of instead of destroyments. And actually, spe- uh, specif- uh, specifically now, when my country is filled with destruction with war with anxiety I think museums are dead places that are stable I think museums are dead places that remind us that life goes on uh, th- these museums these buildings these pictures they saw a lot of wars they saw a lot of human lives a lot of deaths. so and if they survived all of that how can we not so <laughs> Yeah, we need to help them to survive something else and I hope that all these buildings that all these pictures they will see the future of our country and maybe some kinds uh, they will be the parts of museum of museums where where I can tell to all the people about passion about my passion collection the collections yeah something like that.
1: <laughs> that's that's one of the best answers we've ever had to that question. That that was yeah. that was great. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much. And uh, on this beautiful, inspiring note, would love to say a big thank you for uh, giving us the funnest, or w- at least one of the funnest interviews. <laughs> I hope so. I hope uh, it was and- the funniest, not because of my mistakes. <laughs> <sighs>
1: No, I think your energy and your enthusiasm for, for museums really sort of shines through through throughout what you've said today. Finally, before before we let you go and carry on doing amazing museum things, um, where can people go to find out more about you or your work or Odessa Fine Arts um, Museum?
2: Maybe that can be our website and our Instagram. Great. Uh, so, our Instagram is Odessa for Arts Museum, actually, you can just uh, look for it and you're gonna find it. Find it. And uh, after the beginning of the war, we translate uh, nearly all our posts in English, just more people can be into our topics. Yeah, so... We have also our YouTube, but there is not so much right now, but we are trying to fill it. Yeah, and I hope that uh, next years we're going to be more open for international communication. But after the end of the war, I hope that people would like to come and see on their eyes. Actually, I told about things that we were rescuing, and I want people to see what, what we were rescuing. Yeah, so I invite everyone. Who are listening now to Odessa, and I hope that we're gonna meet there and talk about more about Ukrainian arts and maybe my dream is one day Ukrainian arts would be as famous as, for example, French or Italian or German, yeah, or in or English, yeah, so and we're gonna and when you ask me uh, who is represented in our museum, I wouldn't tell just some kind of names that nobody understand except me. <laughs>
0: wish this dream comes true and that uh, maybe one day we we'll all meet at the uh Desert Fine Arts Museum
1: Yeah, thanks again so much for your time today Anna, it's been great
0: Thank you very much Thank you so much
1: We hope you've enjoyed this week's episode of For Art's Sake If you'd like to learn more about who we are and what we do find us online at forartsake.co.uk on twitter at sake underscore arts, or on Instagram at forartsake.uk